your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 726 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And the Rangers coming off of a very impressive road victory against the Vegas Golden Knights. As we mentioned, the Knights are tops in the Western Conference so far this season. Uh, they were coming off of a big shootout win on the road against the Boston Bruins and, you know, basically just looking like world beaters. And yet the Rangers came out and essentially just took it to them. I thought the Rangers had the better of play in this one pretty much from start to finish, save for maybe about an eight or 10 minute period in the second period there. And we will talk about that, you know, when the Rangers kind of got away from their game a little bit, shot themselves in the foot a couple of times. It was just a short chunk of this game, which prevented it from being, in my estimation, a true uh, full 60. But for the other 52 or 50 minutes or uh, whatever you want to call it, I thought the Rangers were absolutely phenomenal in this game. And coming into it, like we talked about on this podcast the last couple of episodes, I really believed that a win of any kind in Vegas against the Knights right now would qualify as the best and certainly the most important win of the season. You got a coach that's on the, the hot seat, or so it would seem. Uh, you've got a team that's basically just been sputtering. Yes, they came from behind and had a really impressive uh, third period against the St. Louis Blues to kind of get off the schneid and, you know, obviously end the losing streak and hopefully get things pointed in the right direction. But the Blues haven't been very good either. So it was easy to kind of just, you know, brush that aside as well. You know, they got to win a game sooner or later. Uh, but they went out there and they really earned this one. Like I said, a 5-1 to one win, uh, heart and hustle pretty much all night. The Rangers looked like a different team. From the third period against the Blues— through this entire game, or pretty much this entire game, uh, against the Golden Knights. Uh, they look like a completely different team from what we've seen in recent games. And uh, I'm going to get into greater detail and explain what I mean by that. Going to compare and contrast this win for the Rangers to their two most recent wins, one being against the Blues, one being against the Ottawa Senators. Uh, also going to give an update on Gerard Gallant and how it seems like uh, the seat is starting to cool at least a little bit. Going to break down what was an awesome Third period of hockey, back to Ranger hockey. That's one of the things that you just had to love about this team last season, the way they went out there, just dominated third periods. You know, they'd be down a goal, they'd come back and win. They'd be up a goal, they'd build on their lead or just play great defense. They'd be tied, they'd win that one too. Uh, you know, maybe get an overtime win somewhere in there too. But uh, the bottom line is the Rangers were at their best in crunch time last season. Haven't seen enough of that this season. And also going to get to a transaction that the Rangers made here today on Thursday. Don't get nervous. It's nothing too crazy. And in fact, I don't think there's too many Ranger fans that are going to be too upset about this one. I could always be wrong, but uh, we will get to that as well. And I want to start today by talking about uh, the reconfigured top line of Alexi Lafreniere, Mika Zibanejad, and Capo Caco. I thought they had a really strong game in this one. Uh, four goals combined and assist, a uh, plus six overall, seven shots on goal for this trio. And, you know, Mika's two goals came on the power play, and he wasn't out there with Kako or Lafreniere. But be that as it may, uh, again, this line just looks so energized. It seems to have given the team a little bit of a spark. And just a lot of little plays in this game as well. Um, you know, there was a shift at the start of the game. In fact, the very first shift of the game where 
I, I thought this line kind of did a nice job setting the tone with just a couple of subtle little plays. Uh, Lafreniere, you know, he's all over his guy in on the forecheck, and the Rangers uh, forechecked very well for pretty much this entire game. I had a play where Capo Caco hustled back, broke up a pass in the neutral zone to kind of uh, quell a Vegas rush or a potential rush into the Rangers zone. Uh, Lafreniere also took a big hit on this first shift. But, you know, sometimes that's not the worst thing either to get a, to take be on the receiving end of a hit. And it kind of just gets you into the game a little bit. And maybe that's what we uh, got from Lafreniere here. But uh, Mika Zibanejad even had a big hit in the neutral zone. This is on the second shift of the game. Uh, you had Capo Caco. He ends up scoring on a deflection to give the Rangers a one to nothing lead. Uh, great play all around here by the Rangers. You know, Caco was circling with the puck. Uh, he passed behind the net to Truba. Truba went up the boards back to Keandre Miller. Uh, Miller took a shot from the blue line. Kako and Lafreniere and Mika, you love to see this. They were all in front of the Vegas net creating traffic and havoc. And uh, obviously, you know, Miller just threw it toward the net and was hoping one of these guys could deflect it or that it would just go through as a result of a screen. Um, but yeah, Kako gets his stick on this shot, redirects it into the twine. And finally, Capo Kako comes through. I believe they said this is his first goal in 14 games, his first point in about seven games or so, and uh, well-deserved. You know, he's really been working hard, been a little bit snake-bitten, so nice to see him uh, come through and, and give the Rangers a little bit of a spark here on the reconfigured top line and give them a one-to-nothing lead, uh, you know, in what was a really strong first period for the Rangers. Something else that was really impressive about the way the Rangers started in this game is that's been one of Vegas's calling cards all season. I saw a stat uh, during the broadcast where the Knights are, or they were, I get, they were plus 19. They're now down to plus 18 after this first period, but that is the best in the NHL. And so obviously really nice to see the Rangers uh, take it to a team that, like I said, their their trademark or one of their trademarks this season has been fast starts, but the Rangers were far and away uh, the better team in the first period. And I want to uh, also break down some of the other line combinations that we got here and uh, once again talk about a transaction that the Rangers made. So we obviously already covered the top line, Mika, uh, Kako, and Lafreniere. Uh, the second line, you've got Hedl, uh at center, Panarin left wing, Barclay Goodrill right wing. This was the topic of some debate among Ranger fans, myself included, before this game. I think a lot of us would have rather seen uh, Krasov in this spot instead of Goodrow. Unfortunately, Krasov uh, was not even dressed for this game. He was a healthy scratch. But I will say, you know, it seemed to work out pretty nicely because Goodrow was out there. He was playing his heart out in this game, uh, dishing out some big hits. He got into a fight at one point. Um, you know, he was out there protecting Panarin in a couple different instances. And the one drawback to going with Panarin, Hedl, and Krasov is there's not a lot of thump on that line. There's not a lot of physicality on that line. And I can't speak for Gerard Gallant. You know, when he was asked about it during his pregame presser, he just said it was a coach's decision. But I get the feeling that that's probably where his thinking was. It was somewhere along those lines of, you know, we're, we're playing a good team. We need somebody physical out there on this second line. I'm going to trust uh, the veteran rather than Krasov, who's played about 30 or so NHL games, give or take. So I think that's where Gallant was coming from. I hope we eventually see Krasov get another chance here. Sooner or later, we're going to. I think it's probably just a matter of time. But then you have the third line, which was the same as what the Rangers did toward the end of this most recent game against the Blues. Uh, Vincent Trocek centering Chris Kreider on the left wing, Jimmy Vesey on the right wing. And then the fourth line, they stick with uh, Johnny Brodzinski at center, Sammy Blay left wing, Julian Gauthier on 
the right wing. And I thought that line had a pretty nice night for themselves. And it leads me into something else that I want to talk about. And that is, of course, the transaction that the Rangers made just a short time ago uh, here today on Thursday. So the Rangers uh, decided to place uh, Ryan Carpenter on waivers. And it's not too stunning because you know, Carpenter's been a healthy scratch several times this season, both of the last two games. Uh, Johnny Brodzinski has seemed to have kind of leapfrogged him in the pecking order, and I think overall Johnny Brodzinski is the better player. I, I like the way Brodzinski has played this season, and honestly, I've mentioned this before in the past. To me, he's an ideal NHL-AHL swingman. He is the captain of the Hartford Wolfpack, or at least when he's playing for them, he is. And when he gets called up to the Rangers, I never feel like he looks out of place or overwhelmed or anything like that. It's not like he's this superstar player, but he's a steady pair of hands out there. And uh, I I think he just brings a little more to the table than Carpenter does. And it's funny because in our most recent episode, we were talking about this very topic, the fact that the Rangers currently had uh, 23 players on their roster and that sooner or later, they're going to want to knock it down to 22 for cap space accrual purposes, you know, heading into the trade deadline this season. And I was kind of tossing out names like, you know, do you send Kravtsov down, which, I mean, that that's be a whole mess in and of itself. Uh, does Johnny Brodzinski immediately just get sent right back down? Do they roll the dice with Julian Gauthier and take the chance of him being uh, claimed on waivers? It looks like instead it will be Ryan Carpenter and uh, he will head down to waivers. And You know, for those of you that are kind of clamoring for Kravtsov to play on the second line, and I'd like to see him get another crack there too, like I was just mentioning, this might help your chances because with Carpenter out of the picture, it kind of opens the door for Goudreau to potentially center the fourth line. That opens up the second line right wing spot, and maybe Kravtsov slots in there. Another option that the Rangers have, with Carpenter now being out of the picture, is you could potentially put Brodzinski at center on the fourth line, just leave Goodrow where he is, and that would presumably uh, leave Kravtsov as the odd man out and as the healthy scratch. They've, they've got some options here, but uh, overall, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with this because, you know, there's players they're obviously not going to place on waivers, and uh, overall, I think if somebody had to be exposed to waivers, uh, Carpenter probably makes more sense than anybody else. And something else of note today is that our old friend uh, Kevin Rooney was placed on waivers by the Calgary Flames, and he has a salary, I believe, of $1.2 million, which does not sound like a whole lot. Um, But again, I I don't see the Rangers. I can't see them claiming Kevin Rooney, and then you're in a spot where you have a little bit less money as far as, you know, big-time impact players that you might want to target at the trade deadline. I just can't see that happening. Uh, crazier things have certainly happened, but uh, I'm definitely going to be keeping an, an eye on that and see if Rooney ends up getting claimed by anybody. Uh, hopefully not a Ranger division rival, knock on wood there, but we shall see. You know, Rooney for a fourth-line center and penalty killer. I thought he did a decent job while he was here and, you know, was obviously uh, at least a small part of that, you know, long playoff run that the Rangers had uh, this past season. So, we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second. I want to talk about the Ranger power play coming up clutch in this game. Uh, really, the both the Ranger special teams units. Vegas did go one for three on the power play, but their only goal came on the five on three. Other than that, I thought the Ranger penalty kill looked pretty good. Uh, we're going to talk about what was an awesome third period for the New York Rangers as well. I want to spotlight a couple of kind of under-the-radar hustle plays. You know, it's easy for this kind of stuff to get lost in the mix. You know, you want to talk about you know Igor having a great game, and we'll get to him too. Or you want to talk about line combinations or this beautiful goal that they scored or whatever it might be. Um, But a couple of really nice hustle plays in this game that I thought kind of, uh, 
you know, set the tone for the Rangers and kind of showed what they were all about uh, in this game here against Vegas. They, they kind of set the uh, set the tone uh, for this contest, even though uh, if they were in some instances, like I said, a little bit under the radar. But we're going to do all that good stuff in just a second. First, though, I got to let everybody know about this episode being brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And as I mentioned just a second ago, I want to go ahead and just kind of spotlight uh, the Ranger power play unit. I mean, at first glance, you, you can just look at the box score and know that it had to be a pretty good night uh, for the Ranger power play, given the fact that uh, they went two for five on the night. But beyond that, uh, they looked good pretty much the entire game, you know, even on the power plays where they didn't score. Um, and we... Coming into this game, you know, we, we previewed this game on the last episode of Lockdown Rangers. We kind of uh, identified this as one of the weak spots of the Vegas Golden Knights. They came into this game, obviously, on fire to start the season, but only about 24th or so in penalty kill uh, success rate. And that was an area where the Rangers were going to have to take advantage of, you know, a rare weak spot in this team, not to mention just get their own power play going, because that's obviously been uh, a little bit of a struggle recently. But the Rangers end up with two power play goals, both by Mika Zibanejad, just a couple of bombs. And, uh, you know, after the game, I think it was Keandre Miller. I saw this clip just a short time ago, gave the Broadway hat to Mika. You know, he gave a shout out to Igor Shesterkin, but he, he said uh, to Mika, two atomic bombs, I got to give it to you. And these were bombs, just one-timers, just hammering them into the net. But the thing I really liked about the Ranger power play is that they were looking for some other things. And we've talked about the over-reliance on setting up Mika Zibanejad for one-timers. And granted, both goals ended up coming from Mika Zibanejad one-timers. But there was just some really good passing. Uh, Vincent Trocek almost scored a tic-tac-toe goal. It looked like Kreider was a little bit more active in front of the Vegas net than we've seen him uh, in the past. Artemi Panarin, you know, he was firing the puck at the net from every angle, uh, both at regular strength and at the power play as well. Uh, Panarin actually ended up with a... Uh, I believe it was a team-high six shots on goal. Yes, it was. So Panarin uh, pulling the trigger a little bit more often. And then he ends up with three assists. So uh, go figure. But it was just nice to see other guys get involved on the power play and, uh, you know, try to score goals in different ways. But also nice to know that you can go back to your bread and butter and uh, set up Mika Zibanejad uh, for those, those one-timers as well. Uh, the other thing that I liked about the power play is the puck recovery. You know, that's a staple of... When the Rainier power play is going right, that's a staple of, of one of the things that they do best you know, there'll be a situation where, you know, maybe a, a shot is saved and it's turned aside and the race is on to the loose puck. The Rangers, when they're going right on the power play, they always get to the puck first. You know, they win a 50-50 puck or, or they just get their uh, step faster. You know, they'll get control of the puck. They'll pass back to the blue line and then you're set up to go right back to work and, and you're back in business there. So uh, love the puck recovery for the Rangers uh, in this game on the power play as well. And it just kind of goes to the whole, you know, overarching theme here of the Rangers just being uh, the team that out-hustled their opponents and, uh, you know, fought a little bit harder for loose pucks, won some 50-50 pucks. It was nice to finally see that because we haven't seen uh, nearly enough of that stuff uh, so far this season. But 
I want to also uh, get to the third period of this game because, uh, like I said, the Rangers were, were pretty much dominant in the third uh, I want to highlight some of the goals that were scored there. It was nice to see the Rangers kind of spread the wealth and essentially just go off. I mean, they scored four goals in the span of about, oh, let's see here, about five and a half minutes, give or take. So that was awesome. You know, that's back to New York Ranger hockey. When you're at your best, you're at your sharpest when you absolutely need to be. And I think uh, one, one game on the road against an excellent Vegas team, that certainly qualifies as crunch time. And of course, the Rangers came through. And uh, we're going to get to all that in just a second, talk about uh, the third period. Also going to talk a little bit about uh, those hustle plays that I mentioned earlier. Also want to get into a little bit of a rough second period for the Rangers, a little bit of a pushback for the Knights in the second period. And uh, yeah, we're going to do all that great stuff in just a second here. All right, so the third period. To begin with, uh, the Rangers actually got to start the third period on a power play. Because at the very end of the second period, you know, the chippiness had picked up a little bit, and you had uh, Vegas, Shea Theodore, um, taking a slashing penalty against Jacob Truba. So just like that, boom, Rangers, you know, they're in business to start the third period. They're on the power play. They did not score on this power play, but again, it goes back to something that, you know, I talked about a little bit earlier. I thought the puck movement was excellent. They looked good. They did everything but score. And uh, Thompson had a really good game for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, he made a couple of nice saves on this power play as well. It got away from him in the third period, but he wasn't getting a lot of help. And honestly, the fact that this game was tied going into the third had more to do with the Vegas netminder than probably anything else. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, you can't argue with anything the Rangers did in the third period after, like I said, a little bit of a shaky end of the second. Um, might as well go through these goals here. We got one by Mika Zabanajad. This occurred on the power play. Uh, Fox moves up the boards on the right side, passes back to Panarin at the blue line, and then Panarin over to Mika for the one-timer, two to one. And I mentioned a second ago, you know, there's times where there is an over-reliance on this play, setting up Mika for the one-timers. But at least in this instance, it kind of came about in a different way. Because how many times have we seen, you know, Panarin from, you know, one face-off dot will pass across the ice or, or somewhere thereabouts in the right face-off circle, will pass over to the left face-off circle to Mika and set him, set him up for a one-timer. Uh, we've seen it a lot, and we've also seen it to the point where teams are really keen on taking that away. At least this was a little different here. You know, you had Fox pinching in with the puck. Uh, he goes back to Panarin, and then Panarin's at the blue line, and he passes, you know, diagonal and into his left and sets up Mika for a one-timer that way. So he fed him from a different angle. I don't think the Knights were really prepared to defend the pass uh, from that angle. And as a result, uh, you know, Panarin get, has a clean look at Mika, sets him up. Mika winds back, absolutely blasts, and uh, puts the Rangers up for good at 2-1 to one at that point in the game. Then uh, you've got Barclay Goodrow. <laughs> I know a lot of us were, were a little bit upset. You know, we, a lot of people want to see Krafts off on the second line, want to see what he can do, want to see if the Rangers can get him going a little bit. Um, but, man, what a pass here. you got Panarin up the ice to Goodrow. Goodrow gains the blue line on the right side, makes just a ridiculous saucer pass across the ice, to his left to Philip Heedle, and Heedle tips it in from the doorstep there, makes the score 3-1. to one. Two goals for the Rangers in just 25 seconds, and for Philip Heedle, his first goal in just nine games. So nice to see a couple of these young players, especially kind of breaking out of scoring slumps a little bit uh, for the Rangers here. And uh, Philip Heedle, you know, I feel like he's another one that's uh, been close recently, but obviously that's a little bit of a scoring drought, and he gets one here, and he has Barkley Goodrow to thank, which is a phenomenal pass there by Goodrow. Uh, so then Rangers make it four to one, just about, let's see, it was about a minute and third minute and 29 seconds after this. So 
Long offensive possession for the top line. It ends up uh, being frozen by Thompson. Top line remains out there for the ensuing faceoff. And just great work by pretty much everybody on the ice for the Rangers. You've got Kako. Uh, he's along the boards, and he just will not give up the puck. You know, he's turning this way, turning that way, doing a great job shielding the puck from defenders. Uh, Lafreniere gets the puck. He's moving along the boards and basically doing the same thing. He's just not letting them uh, lay a finger on him. And then uh, he leaves it for Mika Zibanejad. And then you've got uh, Kako, who ends up with the puck. Uh, Mika passes him behind the net. Uh, Kako carries it up the boards. Then he leaves it for Mika. Uh, Mika passes behind the net to Lafreniere. Fox to Mika across the ice. And then Mika back across the ice to Alexi Lafreniere. And Lafreniere, uh, you know, the pass is a little bit toward his front skate, and he had to kind of settle it down and, uh, you know, get control, and then eventually shot it into the net. Uh, Thompson had lost his stick on this play, so when that happens, I mean, you want to get the puck at the net even more so than usual. But nice to see Lafreniere, you know, cool, common, collected here, taking his time to get control, gets away a good shot, not panicking, and puts it into the net, and just like that, 4-1 to Rangers, and we're really off to the races at this point. Then, to kind of cap off the scoring in the third period, 5-on-3, uh, you got Vincent Trocek winning a faceoff, uh, he takes a cross-check in the back right after he won the faceoff. I guess at that point, the Knights figured the refs weren't going to call them for any more penalties, but they were clearly getting frustrated at the end of this game. But anyway, Trocek won the faceoff back to Panarin. Uh, Panarin passes to his left to Mika Zibanejad for another one-timer. Breadman to Mika, and Mika winds back, cranks, and makes it 5-1. to one. And I also wanted to, you know, we, we just broke down all the goals, but as I mentioned uh, a couple of minutes ago, I want to talk about a couple of the hustle plays that I noticed in this game that really went a long way. You know, a lot of these happened when the score was, there was no score, or the Rangers were up 1-0, or it was 1-1. A couple of instances here that uh, really, you know, potentially made the difference in this game. Uh, the first period, got to give a shout-out to Braden Schneider on this play. He went racing back to uh, prevent a possible breakaway from Carrier and prevent him from getting to the net. And then you had Libor Hayek there, who kind of pinned Carrier against the boards, um, and so obviously preventing a scoring chance there. Uh, there was a really good shift by the fourth line, the sort of revamped fourth line of Brodzinski, Gautier, and Blay. And Gautier ended up, ended up getting a great scoring chance here, uh, was denied on the doorstep, strong save uh, by Thompson there. But uh, again, a long sustained offensive zone possession by the fourth line, you know, making Vegas really work for it just to get a play stoppage. Uh, there was a great play by Artemi Panarin. Now, stop the presses, I know. But this is a great defensive play by Artemi Panarin. You had Vegas, you know, basically zipping through the neutral zone. They were going to go in on a, a strong rush into the Rangers zone. Uh, and Panarin got back and intercepted a pass and got things going the other way. And that makes that makes a difference. And that makes an impression, I would imagine, on a lot of players on the Rangers. Panarin's, you know, the most skilled player on this team, one of the leaders on this team for sure. And I'm sure everybody likes you know, watching him do what he does when he's got the puck. But to make a strong defensive play like this, uh, I think that certainly creates a, a favorable impression on a lot of these young New York Ranger players. So great play by Panarin there. A couple of hustle plays by Philip Hedl too. Uh, there was an instance in the second period applying a ton of pressure on the forecheck, uh, forced the defenseman into a turnover, got a great chance right from the doorstep there, uh, was not able to convert it. It deflected out of play. But then Hedl in the third period, uh, strong drive to the net. It was still one-to-one -one at this point, and he drew a penalty there uh, by just basically putting his head down and going toward the net, and the Rangers ended up scoring on that power play. So a big play by Filipito there. Like I said, I just wanted to highlight a couple of these more under-the-radar 
plays. They're not going to show up, most of them, on you know highlight reels or anything like that. But I think all those plays I just mentioned, and there were a bunch more because the Rangers really played well in this game, but I think a lot of those plays I just mentioned went a long way to the Rangers uh, ultimately winning this game. You know, if you just look at the final score, oh, 5-1. You know, the Rangers, they crushed them. Not really. You know, this is a competitive game. Rangers had the better of play, but it was 1-1 a uh, couple of minutes into the third period, as much as uh, five or six minutes into the third period. It's not to say everything was perfect, though, for the Rangers. I thought they had uh, a little bit of a rough second period, really just the second half of the second period. Uh, but the Rangers, it was kind of a situation where one thing led to the next. You know what I mean? Like, the Rangers... We're having some issues clearing the puck out of their own zone, which led to longer possessions in the attacking zone for Vegas. Uh, that led to some penalties by the Rangers, and those penalties led to Vegas's only goal, which occurred while they had the five-on-three advantage. And like I said, that was the only blemish on the Ranger penalty kill on the night. Um, there was also an instance where uh, Barclay Goodrow took an offensive zone penalty. Uh, he hit someone from behind into the net, and the whole Vegas team basically attacked him. It actually ended up being a four-on-four. Four. Uh, and then Goodrow and Kalasar, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I think that's pretty close. Uh, they got into a fight as soon as they left the penalty box. I would say Goodrow lost this one. Um, but, you know, he hung in there. He hung in there tough and uh, dropped the gloves and did what he had to do for his team. And it's funny because everybody's kind of noticing Truba's been fighting a lot lately. We saw him get into three fights in a single weekend. Um, but Goudreau's had a couple of fights recently, too. You know, he's dropped the gloves at least his second time uh, in the last handful of games here. So uh, credit to Barclay Goudreau. Barclay Goudreau did a little bit of everything for the Rangers in this game, really kind of led by example and uh, just a blue-collar effort from uh, from Barclay Goudreau. Uh, also wanted to mention some instances where the Rangers seemed to really kind of frustrate Vegas because it was so nice to see this, where the Rangers were kind of getting under their skin and you know, kind of goading them into some bad penalties and forcing them into some turnovers. We already talked about the turnover that Filipito forced, but it was just really nice to see the Rangers on the right end of something like this, where you can see their opponents getting frustrated. You can see some instances where their opponents get a little bit lazy and take some bad penalties. Very, very gratifying to see the Rangers once again, uh, you know, be the team causing issues for the other team instead of, uh, you know, having some issues themselves like bad penalties, turnovers, or uh, whatever it might be. But there were a lot of instances in this in the game. I just didn't think that the Knights could really keep up with the Rangers. And I don't think the Knights were like out to lunch or they took this game off or anything like that. Um, they just could not get quite to the Rangers' compete level. You know, they, they couldn't skate quite as hard as the Rangers. They never really found that fifth gear. Uh, I thought the Rangers, as I mentioned earlier, won a ton of 50-50 pucks, which is something that has not happened enough uh, so far this season. Yeah, Theodore, uh, we already talked about that. He slashes Jacob Truba at the end of the second period. And uh, Goudreau, he drew a tripping penalty while the Knights were on the power play late in this game. Uh, Goudreau delivered a hit to Stone, and Stone basically just chopped him in the back of the leg. So uh, kudos to Goudreau for, again, you know, just doing a little bit of everything and uh, getting under the skin of the Vegas captain and uh, sending him to the sin, sin bin, excuse me. And then you've got, uh, you know, a situation where the Rangers made it 5-1, to one, and Thompson broke his stick on the goalpost. There was also a very undisciplined boarding penalty by McNabb. Uh, McNabb boarded Fox. So the Rangers clearly uh, really threw this team off their game, and they did so by just hustling and just playing their tails off for 60 minutes. Again, it got away from them a little bit in that second period there, but I'm not too worried about it. Vegas is a good team. It's unrealistic to think that you're just going to dominate straight up for 60 minutes. So I'm not too concerned with that. But again, just very, very nice to see the Rangers uh, forcing their opponent into some mistakes rather than the other way around. And something else that really stood out in this game, 
the Rangers really kept that crowd quiet. That's known for being a really over-the-top, just basically crazy environment in Vegas. Not a whole lot of noise. You know, they tried to get into it a little bit in the first period, but um, for the most part, very quiet for most of the night. That's always nice when you can silence, uh, you know, an opposing arena, especially one that's known for uh, being pretty loud and being pretty over-the-top. And what was also really cool about this game is when the game ended, there were a lot of empty seats because I think all the Vegas fans had pretty much gone home at that point. But there was just kind of this uh, this smattering of like blue dots all over the arena. You could see a lot of Ranger jerseys there. We've talked about that before too, where you know Ranger fans seem to travel better than other fan bases, or at the very least, there's Ranger fans more spread out than a lot of other fan bases. And there were some Let's Go Ranger chants in the last minute or so of this game. A lot of cheers from the fans, so that was really cool to see as well. Always good to see you know the Rangers uh, have at least a little bit of support on the road as well. And again, I don't think that, you know, the Rangers essentially dominating this game came as the result of a lack of effort from Vegas. I just think the Rangers were on a whole nother level, and Vegas just, frankly, uh, pretty much could not keep up with them uh, in this game here in Vegas. So wanted to also talk about Igor Shosturkin. Oddly enough, you know, a very strong night for him. His performance almost flies a little bit under the radar just kind of a night at the office kind of deal for Igor Shosturkin, stopping 25 of 26 shots. Yes, he hasn't been as good this year as he has last year, but I'm still very confident in him that he'll be one of the uh, elite goalies in this league once it's all said and done this season. But he was good, and he made some big saves in some big spots. Uh, one that really stood out to me, it was when the Rangers were going through that little funk that they had in the second period, uh, two-on-one for the Knights, zipping into the zone. He made a really nice sliding save to his right. Then you had an instance where the Rangers were getting a little bit sloppy in their own zone, and Igor had to make uh, two sliding saves in a row, uh, made a sliding save to his left, and then fought off another one as well. You also had in the third period, and keep in mind, when this save happened, it was still one-to-one. This is not when the Rangers were dominating and uh, were going to be well on their way to a win here. A really tough right pad save on a deflection. This happened in the first couple of minutes of the third period. And look, if the Knights score there, who knows how this one plays out? The game might take on an entirely different feel, Maybe the Knights are feeling good about themselves. They kind of find their legs, and they go on to win this game. But uh, an excellent save by Igor there, keeping the game tied and allowing the Rangers to eventually uh, basically just take flight in the third period, do their thing, and uh, go on to post a uh, what turned out to be uh, a comfortable win, even though, like I said, it was a close game all throughout until uh, the third period where the Rangers basically just exploded. And then I also just wanted to mention uh, compare and contrast this to the Rangers' two most recent wins. You had the win over the Blues, great comeback in the third period. Rangers were absolutely swarming. That was awesome to see. Um, but, you know, the Rangers, for 40 minutes in that game, really couldn't find their legs, couldn't find that fifth gear. And I thought the same was true uh, to a lesser extent, even the win in Ottawa. I think most fans, including myself, were pretty satisfied with how the Rangers played against the Senators in Ottawa, the game that they won against the Senators, not so much the game that they lost. But the one thing that I mentioned at that time, and I'll, I'll kind of come back to it now, even though the Rangers, you know, they worked hard in that game, they battled, they grinded, they tend to play low-scoring games with the Senators, I just never thought that they quite reached fifth gear in that game against the Sens. Well, they were in fifth gear for pretty much this entire game against the Vegas Golden Knights. So for that reason, a uh, very satisfying win. Certainly one of the best games that they've played in a long time. And honestly, probably in the running, 
once again, for best win of the season. There might be some people that look to the win against Tampa on opening night. That's up there as well. But to me, uh, this is number one. When you consider the situation that the Rangers are in, it's a little bit later in the season now, so these games become more important. I mean, look, if the Rangers lose on opening night against Tampa, they're 0-1, and, and nobody's hitting the panic button or anything like that. Obviously, it's nice to start with a win. But to me, this was the bigger win and probably the win that was a little bit more gratifying you know, given the team's recent struggles and the fact that they went out there and uh, they took it to a really good team on the road. And as for Gerard Gallant, I mean, at this point, they've won two in a row. I have to imagine his seat is cooling at least a little bit because, you know, the Rangers went through that stretch there where they lost, like, I don't have it in front of me, but it was like five out of six games or six out of seven games, something like that. If you're not going to fire Gallant for a stretch like that, I don't think you're going to fire him when they've won two in a row. And honestly, I'll say what I said about this game regarding the upcoming game on Friday night against Colorado. I think Gallant is safe there too. Even if the Rangers lose that game against the Avalanche, uh, I think he lives to see another day, and I I don't think they would make a move out of that. Like I said, you're not going to fire him for losing one out of three games after not firing him when they lost like five out of six or six out of seven or whatever it was during that just wonderful stretch that they had there. But look, this is a very encouraging game. Fingers crossed that it's kind of a a springboard for the Rangers, and they can get back to playing New York Ranger hockey because this was New York Ranger hockey. This is a ton of fun, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next challenge because uh, it doesn't get any easier from here. Rangers after this are at Colorado on Friday, and then they are home against the Devils on Monday. And I believe the game after that is a uh, is a home tilt with the Toronto Maple Leafs, if I'm not mistaken. And in fact, I do have the Ranger website open, so... Let me just pull that up right now if you guys can bear with me for just a second. So, yeah, at Colorado, home against the Devils, home against the Maple Leafs. That is not an easy stretch at all. Rangers are really going to be tested. But as for this first test here, going on the road, playing the Vegas Golden Knights, they pass with flying colors. Uh, Excellent performance by the New York Rangers. That will pretty much do it for today, though, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.